Hi, this is Mark Raven. Welcome to Lean Blog Audio. This is episode 205 with a post from May 1st, 2017. The title of the post is Thoughts on Good versus Better from my college marching band director, Dr. Stephen G. Peterson. So as I've mentioned before on the blog, I played drums for four years in the Northwestern University Marching Band, or NUM as the acronym was, uh, from 1991 to 1995. I'm graduating just before the amazing Rose Bowl season. Now, the director of NUM at the time uh, and one of the, the professors in the music school was Dr. Stephen G. Peterson. He later became the director of bands at Ithaca College, and we um, crossed paths at a Northwestern versus Syracuse football game um, years ago in uh, upstate New York. It was probably eight years ago, as, uh, as pictured above. Uh, he's now the director of bands at the University of Illinois, which is a, a very well-known, famed, uh, respected, historic band program. Now, I was an industrial engineering student, but had always been a pretty dedicated musician, or I know you can make the joke uh, that drummers aren't musicians, um, but I learned so much during those four years about leadership and excellence, and much of it came from the marching band experience. You know, to me, Dr. Peterson was a fantastic leader for many reasons, one of which was his commitment to helping us be the best that we could be. So there's a picture of me um, playing drums back about 1993. You can see a picture of me and Dr. Peterson. If you go to the blog post here, leanblog.org slash audio 205. So recently I was happy to find a podcast discussion with Dr. Peterson from the Bandmasters podcast, which is, um, of course, geared towards band directors and students who want to follow that career path. But I've linked to the entire episode in their, their full discussion, it's episode 10 of the Bandmasters podcast from May 18th, 2016. Now, there were two parts of their discussion that I thought were particularly compelling um, about uh, the type of work that we do uh, with Lean and Continuous Improvement, the people who are listening to this podcast. Um, so I want to share some of his comments um, and I'll share some of my thoughts afterwards. So here, here's the first clip where he talks about um, what he calls unimportant details. Um, here's another really weird example of this that I use with, with young teachers. I remember going into, into positions where uh, in, in my early teaching there was um, a strong marching band tradition and they would do things a certain way and even simple things like how you call yourself to attention or you know mm-hmm. things, things that are completely unimportant, really unimportant, but are important to those students because they're, they're, it makes them who they are. And to go in and just you know completely change things like that for what you might be a good reason, but really isn't, is silly, and it only puts you in a bad light. So go in and learn, figure it out, and make your decisions and your choices wisely and slowly based on what you learn over a period of time. So the question I'd ask, do lean practitioners face similar challenges when it comes to the existing culture or practices of an organization? Um, What if um, there's an existing lean culture um, of, of sorts if one has already started to form. Do what you might call unimportant details like the exact format of an A3 template or the exact words on a Kaizen card really matter that much? You know, what if you came into an organization and tried to change one of those things or said that, let's say their huddle boards had to look a certain way and only look that way? Would that put you in a bad light, as Dr. Peterson says? Would that make your efforts to engage people more challenging than they need to be? 
Here's a second clip of Dr. Peterson, which I'll interrupt for um, to add just a few comments along the way. Um, a second clip talking about better and good. I'll get off on my, on my soapbox here for a second and say, we have this epidemic amongst not just teachers, but you name the profession, any, any profession in the world, uh, where we just tend to settle. Mm -hmm. We tend to settle for something. Is it is the same true sometimes in healthcare, where we hear leaders talking about, for example, um, the way certain hospital-acquired infections or errors are just inevitable? Are they are they settling? How many leaders settle for mediocre performance instead of aiming for zero harm, as leaders like Paul O'Neill have done? Um, a couple things that that really get my back up are when uh, conductors say something like, "Well, that's good enough." Because there's, there's, it, in music, it's never good enough. It's, there's always a place we could be better. Always, always, always. It's never good enough. And we're always chasing that, right, that dream. That sounds to me like the practice of Kaizen or continuous improvement or, or hopefully more broadly within Lean. Um, we're always chasing a better way, or we should be. Toyota talks about the continuous pursuit of perfection. Uh, we did the same thing under Dr. Peterson in the marching band, even if perfection was unlikely. I know I, I, I'm sure personally I never had a perfect performance uh, in any of those shows. But here's uh, more from Dr. Peterson on this. I'll have let him um, have the last word. He'll talk for a couple of more minutes here about perfection and improvement. It just doesn't happen. Sure. It's not seen as a perfect performance, uh, at least not in my my experience uh, so we're always we're always looking for that and then the other term that I, I think is just the will bring us down someday is when when band directors say something's good when it just isn't mm. you know that's good that sounds good well no it doesn't <laughs> it, it, it sounds better I mean, better is the best word that ever came along for me sure. as a teacher because I can acknowledge uh, improvement I can acknowledge that things are getting better without calling something good Healthcare and other industries talk a lot about best practices. How do we know something is as good as it can be? Should we talk about better practices? In our own improvement efforts, many small incremental improvements might make a process or system and its performance better, but it still might not be good. Of course, Dr. Peterson has his own specific definition of good, and it sounds like he uses it consistently, and his students are probably calibrated to that. I'm sure some leaders out there call everything good, even if it isn't, and maybe that confuses people or it sets the bar too low. Do leaders need to make sure they acknowledge improvement without somehow stifling further improvement by making it seem like things are perfect? I'm not going to label something as good until it sounds pretty darn good. You know? um, and the world's full of us lowering the bar in, in the band world, in the you name it. Computer world doesn't matter. We're, yeah, well, we just we just settle. Well, that's that's good. No, no. Listen, did you just hear that phrase? That phrase isn't good because of this, 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 and this. It's, it's still happening. It's still not right. Let's fix this thing next. So, you know, usually in my rehearsals, when I'll say that sounds good, it's always very quiet at that moment because everybody knows there's going to be another half to that statement. Sure. Like that's really good, but now oboes, we need to, or that's really good, but you know, did you hear how that? You know, whatever. There's always something else. Yeah. And those directors who are really successful are the ones who hear that, first of all, and, and, and are good communicators, and there's a lot of other things. But they hear 
and are able to isolate and find the problems and are not afraid to go after them. Too many band directors are willing to say, oh, yeah, Flutes, that's really out of tune. you got to fix that and leave it at that. Well, what good is that? That, does, that doesn't help anybody. No one's going to get any better. I think in a way, Dr. Peterson is pointing out the difference between criticizing and coaching. Is it enough for a manager or executive to say something like, ah, patient falls, that's too many. You've got to fix that. Well, will they get better as a result of uh, the manager just pointing out a problem? Probably not. Uh, Dr. W. Edwards Deming would have asked, by what method will, will you improve? You can't just set a target, you have to have a method. Leaders and lean coaches can be more helpful than just pointing out the fault. To have a culture of continuous improvement, do we need leaders, um, not just lean specialists, leaders and staff who are better at isolating and finding problems and not being afraid to go after them, as Dr. Peterson puts it? We can learn to see through practice, to see problems, but we can't just tell people to not be scared. We have to make change small, as discussed um, recently in podcast episode 279 with the psychologist Robert Moore. You know, unless maybe at my level, maybe here, you know, with the Illinois Wind Symphony, when I told the flutes, that's out of tune. Okay, I've got some pretty good players. They know yeah. what to do to fix that. Or if I go back and I, and I say, and I'll do this often, we, we need to do the letter F again so that the flutes can have another chance to listen to each other. And we'll just do it again and it'll make it better. If it's not, I'm going to go back and I'm going to help them even more, you know, isolate whatever the issue is. But in, in most high schools, you got to help. And what I believe is most directors either have given up and they just, well, that's good enough, or they really, honest to God, don't hear it mm -hmm. themselves. And my advice to those folks is, well, if you really do want to hear it, then you got to do a few things. you got to work a little harder. you gotta, you got to uh, record your rehearsals more often until the point comes when you feel confident that you're actually hearing things. It took me a long time. Have some healthcare leaders given up? Do they realize patients are falling and that it's bad, but they think it can't be better? Maybe they think they've tried to improve, but they were just putting the data up and, and making people feel bad. A leader has to do more, um, not just work harder, but find new ways of analyzing, improving, and leading. But part of that's being vulnerable in front of your students and saying, let's do that again because I'm not exactly sure. Or let's, let's, can I just hear the oboes here because I, I, I'm not sure who's sharp, who's flat. Let's just see if we can figure this out. To me, that type of vulnerability is like humility, which is an important leadership concept for Toyota and lean practitioners. If an employee comes to a manager with a problem, they often expect them, the manager to have an answer or a solution. In Kaizen Coaching, we talk about leaders not giving answers, but instead challenging and coaching employees to come up with potential solutions that they can test. Managers might not have the best answer, or they might not have any. It makes a manager and especially a senior executive really vulnerable to say, I don't know, but that's often what they need to do. And the people who are willing to stop and go back and get to the root of the problem, both for the students' sake, to teach them, and especially for their own sake, to teach themselves how to get better at that, they're the ones who are going to succeed. Getting to the root of the problem is, of course, something we do in the lean methodology. That allows us to truly get better instead of just firefighting all the time. I did not mind when I was very young, when I was first teaching, putting it out there in front of my students and acknowledging that I was going to make mistakes too. And honest to God, I think that's one of the best things I ever did. 
And that's the same advice I give to leaders in the context of Lean or Kaizen. If you make a mistake, and you will because you're human, it's better to own up to it and admit it. If an employee comes to you with an idea and you shoot them a look that says, oh, that's dumb, then admit it and apologize for it. And, and hopefully you or a coach notice that you did that. Leaders set an important tone for an organization. When they admit they aren't perfect, that, perhaps ironically, helps us all get closer to perfection over time as a team. Sure, and I didn't think about it that way. I just was wired that way. Some of us are not wired that way at all. You, you, some of us have so much armor up around us that we can't possibly allow our students to think that we're not perfect. Uh, that's unfortunate for those sure. people. And it's unfortunate for those leaders in healthcare or in startups or factories or any setting who think that way. Um, and again, that audio of Dr. Stephen G. Peterson from the University of Illinois, the director of bands, um, that discussion uh, was part of an episode of the Band Masters podcast. So I want to um, thank them for doing that interview. Um, if you want to listen to the whole thing, you can um, find them on iTunes. You can find a link to their podcast by going to my site, leanblog.org audio 205.